Hello and welcome to the Gooners Podcast, Season 6, Episode 2, and uh, it's a very special day. It is Dickie Bo Thursday, uh, which is my favorite day of the week all of a sudden, and as such, uh, I'm very, very pleased to welcome back to the pod my friend, the first man ever to give me a nickname that actually stuck that wasn't vulgar or profane, <laughs> uh, a legend at Everton Football Club, a legend at Leighton Orient, a legend at West Brom. A legend at Trasbanpur. I got a bone to pick with Nottingham Forest because I never hear anyone from there call you a legend, but they, you know, they they should. And uh, of course, an absolute legend for the Arsenal, super super Kevin Campbell. Welcome back to the pod. Hi, Magic Mike. How are you, my man? You well? I'm doing well. I'm 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 sporting my kind of uh, multiple identities here because it is Dickie Bow Thursday, and of course, I I do love my own country. But I also love my adopted former home, my my possible future home. You never know. Um, you know, if things don't work out with my, you know, after 26 years of marriage at some point, I know exactly where I'm going to go. And, um, you know, and, and and so the big question for you, we ha- which we have to start off on, and it's, it's, it's the question everybody's asking, but I, I want you to answer this live on air. Is it? Is it actually going to come home? Well, what the team have done, the team have, have put themselves in a good position, Mike. Um, it was a yes or no question. <laughs> no, wait, no, you didn't know, say that to start. So, okay. you know, is, is it positively? Yes, you can say that. But there's still a lot of work to be done, Mike. You know, this is a game of football and one wrong bounce of the ball and it could put you on the wrong foot. So I think the way the team have, have, have performed and, you know, Gareth Southgate must take some credit because a lot of people have questioned his team selections and who should be playing, etc. But the team, apart from possibly the Scotland game, the team have got it right. And they've gone on and kept a clean sheet in every game, which is huge. But they've gone on and, and scored the most important games. Um, and, and it scored in the most important games, scored important goals. And in Raheem Sterling, they've got someone who has really picked up his form. Put some respect on that man's name. I mean, time. my God, my big God. He, he 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 always shows up for England, as opposed to the guy he's playing next to, who doesn't always show up for England, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, but that's for me to say. I don't I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But um, so we are doing an open mic show. We're going to hear, uh, obviously, plenty from KC, uh, hopefully very little from me. Uh, and we see people filtering into the Red Room who uh, who want to talk to UK uh, K. That's that's KC for short because KC yeah. isn't short enough. Yeah, that's I'm the first initial. K. That's the first initial. That's all right. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, we uh, if, if you want to join the fun, you can go to uh, www.gooneropenmike um, and join the red room. We're gonna we're gonna try to kind of circulate people through, but there's plenty of room in the red room for you. So if you want to be part of it, join up in the uh, in the red room and have your say. Um, we've talked about whether it's coming home or not. We've got a lot going on. We've got the Euros coming down to the final eight teams. We've got the transfer window on the verge of cracking wide open uh, with Arsenal constantly being named with people. Um, and um, and so, you know, right before we welcome in our first guests live from uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, one person who I know does not want it to come home. Uh, Kevin, and this is a bit of a this is a bit of a clip. It's about two minutes long, but but you'll see my prognostication abilities and a certain promise made by a certain someone on this podcast. That's uh, let's just say I think he's rooting for Ukraine, Denmark, and Belgium at this point. So here we go. And to be honest with you, 
when I when England fans were coming out and saying it's coming home, there we it's in the chat already, and people are saying it and everything like that. I was saying to myself, nonsense. Every game I've watched for them, they've been absolutely terrible. They haven't been very good whatsoever. Um, I think that Gareth Southgate is a horrible manager, absolutely horrible. Um, and for me as well, and take this as an unbiased view, someone who has watched England for a long, long time and, um, and, and watches them on a regular basis, I often think that England's biggest problem is, is that their players walk out onto the pitch automatically thinking that they have the game won before a ball's even kicked. I think that they have a mentality issue. Um, and, and for me, to overcome that is very difficult when you've got a bunch of prima donnas who think that um, they're the best players in the world. But look... I agree with what you're saying, but it is coming home. Wembley... And then a game against Sweden or Ukraine, and then two more games at Wembley. I don't care. Yes, gonna get, England is going to get hammered by Germany. Yeah. Hammered. If there was ever a time, and look, I, I've I've been traumatized by England Germany. That uh, my my favorite World Cup was 1990, and that one ended with us losing with us. Do you hear that? That one ended I with, will, uh, with a right, loss luck. to West Germany that broke my heart. But uh, so yeah, we don't we don't have a good record against against Germany, but it is. The time, it is the place. Wembley, sixty thousand people going like this, going like this all the same time. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, how could I mean? And 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 it'll and it'll send that ball sniffing, anus sniffing, Joachim Lowe uh, into retirement. I mean, what better but, of a storyline do we have? I, I, I'm telling you, and I'll make this bet with you right now, here and now, with my uh, with Hertz as our witness. All right. If England win the Euros, I will get it's coming home tattooed on me. All right, that that Whoa. that is it. And, and I'm not. I don't throw things out lightly. All right, I will. Oh, no. Okay. Oh my God! I, I I was already rooting for England, but my God! Well, now I mean, he's got to come home now, isn't it? I mean, just listening to that. We we want a live tattoo session, Mike. Yes. Oh, 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 that's happening. That's happening on air. By the way, welcome back, Vivek. Uh, Vivek, uh, a regular uh, appearer on our open mic shows. Vivek, Kevin Campbell, Kevin Campbell, Vivek from San Francisco area. Hi, Vivek. That, that's all I got. <laughs> great, great, great. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I grew up watching you guys. It, it, it's it's been an honor to talk to you in person. Uh, thanks for giving all the memories, first and foremost. And uh, my question to you, Kev, uh, over here is. Uh, about Bukayo Saka. I mean, uh, we, we have seen on, we have discussed this on Mike's squad. We have discussed on, on uh, Highbury squad, a couple of other squads. How good that guy is. He carries the team on his own. And now, is the world realizing his potential? Like uh, when he's performing in England, all my Manchester United friends, all my uh, Bayern Munich friends, Barcelona friends, like, oh, he's good. He's good. Like, We've been talking that since last 18 months, 18 freaking months. Uh, where was your uh, senses at that point of time? Like when we follow certain other clubs and their youngsters, we do know what player is uh, good. So I wanted to know your thoughts on uh, this one. Like, like, do they just hate Arsenal for Arsenal or do they even look certain players who are good? And it's not just my friends, entire Twitter specifically, um, I shouldn't be saying this, but the English Twitter, it, they have just gone berserk. They, they didn't realize the potential of Bukayo Saka before. Yeah, Vivek, I, I think it's a good point you make. 
Uh, for me, the, the our problem at Arsenal has been we had such a poor season last season. When you're not up there challenging, it's easy to get caught up in the, the vacuum of being mid-table. And that's where we were for for such a long time, long spell. You know, you've, you finished the season okay, but it wasn't an Arsenal season. Yeah. Didn't qualify for Europe. So opposition clubs don't really see us as, as someone to watch. And if Aubameyang was flying, they know Aubameyang's a world-class striker. So they would be keeping up with Arsenal because Aubameyang's doing the business and watching Arsenal. But the fact of the matter is, we've just been so poor. But we know the shining light has been Bukayo Saka. He yep. carried the team last season. He was the shining light. And at 19 years old, he was the player of the season for Arsenal Football Club. You know, that is incredible. And coming into these, these Euros... Nobody gave him a, a, an opportunity. Nobody really gave him a shout. We were even thinking, some Arsenal fans, that would he actually be in the, the, the final 26? Five starts, right? For, five, it's, I think it's six starts now. Six starts now, yeah. After six Germany. starts now and after Germany. And what is it, three or four man of the matches? It's incredible. It's it absolutely is. incredible. His talent level is ridiculous. But now... People have seen it at international level. He's making a difference when it matters at international level. You know, our, our nice little secret young young boy from Hayland, it's not a it's secret not anymore. anymore. Vivek. Is, is he not. at least now going to start getting some protection next year? But where, where, you know, now he's an England boy, so he doesn't have to get kicked and, 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 and need and, and, you know, constantly beaten up like, like people like to do to him last season? Well, I'd like to think so, Mike. If I'm honest with you, I'd like to think that now referees realize just how special he is. And he does get the protection that he deserves. Because when you look at the likes of Harry Kane or, or, or uh, you know, Grealish or whatever, you see those players, they, they get protected. You know, they the get referees. protected by referees. They get yes. protected by the press. Yes. I mean, you protected. know, it'd be nice to have some Arsenal players actually, you know, get... If that's something that has to be earned by playing for England, which I don't think should be the case in the first place, but if that's the way that the game is played, then by all means, let's get Smith Rowe into that team. Let's Mike, get Saka into that team. This is one thing I will tell you, and I'll say this to you, Vivek, as well. Uh, when you play for Arsenal, it's totally different. You, the protection isn't usually there. If yeah. Arsenal are winning, then you get protection. That's now, why the club always, it's always them against us. It's now, Kevin, was it was it always that way? Because I mean, like you know, early two thousands, there you are taking you know Arsenal starting to steal the spotlight away from Liverpool gradually, fending off Manchester, Manchester United, and and you know, but but it but it's a team mostly full of English people. A uh, couple, of, you know, you start sprinkling in people from overseas a little bit, but it's you know it's not the same. I think a lot of the Arsenal non-protection thing comes from Arsene Wenger essentially bringing in France to win the World Cup in nineteen ninety eight. For Arsenal, and you know, it, to me, I, I I don't mean to sound xenophobic on behalf of a country I'm not even from, but you know, it almost seems like that is the genesis of Arsenal not getting protection, not from the press or from the referees. But when you were playing, was it the same way? Welcome to being an Arsenal player, mate. <laughs> Welcome. I mean, don't forget we, this. We're talking in even in 1991, we got deducted points, and they're yeah. trying to stop us winning the league. 
you know, it was it's ridiculous. Whereas a slap on the wrist, a fine is 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 great. But to take points off you, you know, for, for a brawl, it's nonsense. Handbags. But, but that's what they've done to us. They've done all that to us and still they try to unsettle us. George Graham used it as a catalyst. He always said from day one, the press are not our friends. They are against us and we have to build a them against us mentality. He said they prefer the Northern teams. Even the media in London prefer the Northern teams. And it's true. Until you start winning, that's when you, you are able to get the protection. Or it, a little it, bit more. Is it because, uh, like, it, from the history of football, uh, the club being based out of London, just across the river, whatever it is, they think it's a posh club. It's, it's that high standard. It's not common man's club. Uh, the ticket prices are too high. So that's why they give more preference to the northern clubs like Liverpool, Newcastle, things like those. Is is that a factor potentially? I don't know. Me but not you, being a British, I'm just... Vivek, what usually happens is they don't support Arsenal. So a lot of these guys don't want Arsenal to do well. It's that simple. And the ones who, who do support Arsenal are outnumbered by the, the, the ones who are against Arsenal. Of course. So, you know, it. they always say it's more difficult for a London team to win the league. Why? Because they have so many derbies. There's so many rivalries happening in London on its own, let alone going outside and playing Northern teams. So the Northern teams do have an advantage uh, on that front. Yeah, and I just want to read this from James Johnson, friend of the pod, uh, great guy. And, and in case you're just listening to this rather than watching it, he says, Arsenal will never get the decisions or good press. We've been seen as a soft side for years. Plus, you're 100% right on the xenophobia thing. They hated a Frenchman coming here and winning it. I, I can't think that that has nothing to do with it. But that was that was the basis of my question of, you know, you you were playing for the team prior to Arsene Wenger. You would know better than anyone else whether whether that was going on in 89, 90, 91. Mike, uh, it was so worse on. before. Yeah, all right. Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger wasn't... They didn't know who he was, so... They, Arsene who? Arsene who? They the didn't, headline. They did, yeah, they, they didn't know who he was, so it's fine that they can question him and see what's going on, da-da-da. But you got to remember, years before that, they never gave Arsenal a chance. And Arsenal upset Liverpool twice. In, in, in those games. They wouldn't yeah. dare have um, fine or deduct points from Liverpool, but they did Arsenal. So you have to look at all of the, the, the things that, that Arsenal had to go through to get to a certain perch. So when Arsene Wenger comes in, nobody knows him. He comes in, he's different. They call him a school teacher. They, they, they do everything to kind of undermine him. But he's such a nice man. It's difficult for them to really have a go at him because he's such a nice man. And the brand of football that he's playing, they've never seen Arsenal play that brand of football before. So, you know, he kind of won over them in that front. But let me tell you something, George Graham laid the foundation because winning them over was so difficult. Yeah, and, and you know, way to, way to support Liverpool, the press, the, the very reason, or the fans of which, the very reason why we had, what, four, five, six years of, of no English clubs being able to play in Europe. One more thing I wanted to cover with Vivek, and then we're going to move on to, to Colin in the in the red room. 
Um, this is non-Arsenal related, but it's but it's it's timely because it happened yesterday. Uh, Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. Vivek, and then we'll go to KC. Um, will he be the next Donnie Van de Beek, the next Angel de Maria, or the next Bruno Fernandes? Could go one way or the other, but it's a big it's a big signing. So what what do you think, Vivek? I'm gonna say he's not gonna get uh, the ball up and rolling, but he he has the talent. He is definitely better than Donny Van Der Beek or uh, even Angel Di Maria for me. I would say so. So it's going to be tough. He will light Manchester United's wings on fire. So they they stole it. I would say so. It's the it's the one team, I guess maybe Arsenal as well, where you can you can have all the talent in the world. You come and it just doesn't work out for some reasons that probably have very little to do with football. Mkhitaryan, uh, Alexis, Pogba to an extent, Van de Beek. I mean, you you come to United and sometimes I guess maybe the badge is a bit too heavy. But KC, what do you think is going to happen in this situation? Uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna light up the Premier League. Yep. He's a young young player, very very talented, very gifted, and loves loves his football. I've, don't forget, I've been watching Jaden play since he was since he was 13, 14 years old. Was he and, playing with Tyrese? Yeah, and Phil Folden wow. and all, all that team. You know, they they were part of that city um, youngsters who were incredible. And um, he he's he's got it. Trust me, he's got it. Manchester United ain't spending that money for nothing. He's gonna be a superstar, at Manchester United. That's for sure. Well, people were saying Manchester United wants to go for Harry Kane with Jadon Sancho. I never thought that's going to happen. They've been after Jadon since like two years at this point or even more. So they were very determined because uh, it, it's not just uh, the brand of Jadon Sancho that they want. It is what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, when he came in, he said, I want this guy. It's mm -hmm. like something what we've been discussing with uh, Arteta. He needs his specific set of players, the brand of football that Arteta wants to play which is pretty much evident when I talk to a couple of United uh, fans. They've said uh, he's expensive, but it's uh, Solskjaer who wants uh, Jadon Sancho more than the Glazers. Well, Solskjaer we, 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 wants him more than Gareth Southgate does, apparently. <laughs> yeah, look, look, I think with Gareth Southgate, he's making sure... that The, the key to what Gareth Southgate does and his success is, is, is not conceding. Because at the top end of the pitch, he has the, the luxury to be able to bring on any one of these creative quality players. Any one of them. He could he could bring Grealish on, he could bring Sancho on. At times he could bring Saka on, he could bring Foden on. Look, you know, that's a, that's a, a that's an amazing array of talent you have at your hands. The key is not conceding because if I, if if this England team has to open up, that's when there's major gaps in the England team. If they could just sit there, stay solid like they have done, and then come play themselves into the game, they're always going to create opportunities eventually because they've got too much talent at the top end of the pitch. Vivek, it's been great to see you again, buddy. I'll be talking to you soon. Uh, the 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 benefits of being the first one in the red room is uh, until the red room fills up, you're you, you've got extended time. So. Uh, so, uh, so good job there. We're going to move on. We've got a few more people waiting. And uh, Vivek, thanks for joining us. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Vivek. Thanks. Cheers. So before we have Colin in, we've got a couple you know, topics that we can talk about. I'm just going to throw them out there. If you want to talk about them as, we, as you come in, fine. If you want to talk about something else, that's good. We've got Ben White. All of a sudden, deal's not done yet. And Man City's now apparently sniffing around. 
Uh, we've got uh, Lakanga from Anderlecht. We've got uh, uh, we've got the gerbil possibly pulling another one out with Renato Sanchez. We'll see whether that gains storm. But I, I have a little bit more we'll talk about with those. But I want to bring Colin in. Colin, uh, welcome back to Hi, boys. the I'm open mic. <laughs> always, always a fun time when we chat with you. It's normally in the wake of a game, uh, but it's it's been six weeks since we've played. So what's on your mind, mate? Well, first things first, nice to see you, Kev. Been a while. <laughs> nice one, Colin. You okay, mate? Bruv, do you know what it is? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It's better than the last time we were on a live together. Do you remember? <laughs> I remember. How could I forget it? How could I forget it? Fill me in on this. I, I don't remember. Oh, no. Horrendous. Right. Little backstory, right? Ryan, or the Mr. Arsenal podcast, shout out to Ryan before I forget. It was before Arsenal Tottenham. And Ryan thought it would be a good idea at that point to do an Arsenal-Tottenham combined 11. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that when, was that Adam Crafton that did that? The, mm, I there, don't. I there don't. was a whole thing about Adam Crafton doing a combined 11 where he picked 11 Tottenham players and, and then got tons of abuse over it. And it was this whole oh. fear. Miguel Delaney got involved with that. But you're, you're talking about something unrelated, obviously. Well, no, no sim- similar to that, but... I mean, I, I don't know what you think, Kev, but to me, I think we are more impartial than that clown. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, we are. We so, are. I mean, it's better than those than those times. But the main question that I wanted to put to you, Kev, right, because I've been thinking this for a while, do you think the Arsenal board now are looking at things and thinking we have to go all in with Arteta because of the heat on them from last season? I just think the Arsenal board have realised that they've they've got things horribly wrong, and when you and that's that comes over a certain amount of time, Colin, mm. because at the end of the day, one thing we do know that has been really poor has been the recruitment. Without doubt, the recruitment of players, us, the Arsenal Football Club having to pay players to leave, the fact that there's. Now we're starting to see a few of the youngsters that have come through in the Saka and Smith role having some, some, some real value. But players that we sign, we're either paying them to leave or mm. we're offering them for such little money. That's a recipe for disaster. Well, because teams are starting to smell that and, and they're trying to, you know, Roma offering 14 million euro for... Just say, Jack. Mike, Mike, here's what you say. They're trying to mug us off. Yeah. Just say yeah. it. They're trying to mug us off, mate. They're taking the piss. They're taking they the. They're taking the Michael the piss, mate. That's what they're doing. But they <laughs> only do the that. They only do that if you haven't got your house in order. Mm. And we haven't had our house in order for a long time, Colin. But now, yeah, I agree now that. I think the the way Mikel Arteta approached the transfer window last season, I think was pretty good. The fact that Christmas time, New Year. We probably done some of our best business by getting the likes of Ozil and Mustafi and Kalasinac out the football club so that dressing room could breathe a little bit and start to get a little bit of identity in itself. Again, that stat with 24, the last 24 games, form-wise, we're second in the league. Isn't a bad stat. It's not about... It's, it's my favourite stat in the world. 
It's not we just want... about 24 games. We know that. But what we want is a little bit of progress. So there is a little bit of progress shown. So now we're at this stage. They've got to go all in, Colin. They've got to. Because yeah, if, Kev, we, if, be if they mess you, about, right? Colin, if they mess about, Colin, you know mm. what's going to happen to us. We're just I know, I know exactly what's going to happen, mate. I've, I've seen it down the train a million times. Like, it's eighth place finishes. We've, we've done this twice now where, I mean, last season we somehow got eighth. I don't know how, but we did. But that's not something to be celebrated. That's no, not at all. That's something that should be looked down upon. Like, because if you look at our last few transfer windows, I still remember the 2016-17 window and how bad that was. Mm. Like, I mean, all, all right, looking back on it now, you can say that that window was horrendous. But, you know, with the players that we were linked with, we were linked to Lacazette. But we got Lucas Perez. We haggled over Mustafi and Jaka. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know. Like, the one player I want this summer, right? And I'm not, mm. I'm not, I, I am not bullshitting here. I know it's unlikely to happen, but he's the one I want. Manuel Locatelli. He's the guy I want. Right. Good, because, really good player. Because he. So what do you what do you what do you make talent. of the rumors then? I mean, do, do you think we put a bid on, or is this agent games to try to get him a better deal? Uh, you know, out of uh, Juve. Well, Fabrizio said we're putting an official bid, and I have no reason not to believe him. I have every reason not to believe him, but that's me. Well, well, let's put it, <laughs> let, Mike, Mike, Colin, let's put it this way. <laughs> Juventus apparently covered him, but Juventus don't have the money. No, they don't. They want to offer, the yeah. They want to offer player plus a little bit of cash. You know, we're cash rich. We could afford to do the deal. The the one difficult thing about Italian players is most of the time they like to stay in Italy. Mm -hmm. So if we can somehow prize him, it might have to take a. You know, we got offer him a king's ransom to come, but he's a yeah. quality quality player. You could see even for Italy, Italy national side when he's not there. They're just not as fluid as they, they were. No. So and real Kev, quality I'll even player. go back further, yeah? Before this Euros, right? He always had the talent when he was at Milan. The mm -hmm. whole time. Because when I was watching him back then, I would, look, I would always look at him and go, he's a player. That, yeah. kid, that kid's got it. I don't know when it'll click, but it will. Yeah. And now, now it's clicking. And now people are realizing what I've seen all along, a quality player in there. And now he's at Sassuolo and he's absolutely killing it. Mm. And the thing with Juve is they've, they're in such a financial disarray that they literally went and begged Allegri to come back. Mm. Like that's how, that's how much of a shit show they are in right now. But at the same time, it could be the Allegri factor that maybe pushes Locatelli through Juventus. And there's always, and, and that's the most difficult thing, Colin, for any suitor of, of Locatelli. You know, Allegri's there. Allegri's a, a known winner. You know, look at the back-to-back the -back titles and everything they won uh, on, under Allegri. 
He's back at the helm. Locatelli playing for Allegri. He's his type of player, isn't he? You could see yeah. him, him doing it there. But again, money talks. And if Arsenal have put that bid in, and Sosolo, who would obviously prefer the cash because they're, they're developing players and, and, and doing pretty well, they'd love to, to be able to have the cash. And you just never know. It's, it's one that at least you have a goal. You know, at least yeah. you have a go at trying getting him. Yeah, if we have a go at trying to get Locatelli, then I can't complain. If we try and he ends up going to Juventus anyway, then fair enough. Yeah. Because at, at this point, Juventus, they scraped the Champions League and they were horrendous last year. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was games where I would watch them and they'd get results over the line, like Milan at the San Siro. Mm -hmm. Like Milan were dreadful in that game, but in the reverse game in Turin, Juventus were abysmal. Mm -hmm. Like so, they're. It, it's funny because they're almost in the exact same position that we are. Maybe not, you know. I guess competition-wise, but certainly squad-wise, because you look at their squad, it's an aging squad, Kev. Yeah, aging. Like and you know what happens when you have to rebuild the squad once it's aging, you have to build it from the ground back up again. Well, this is what this is, and this is another thing that Arteta's had to do, because you know the the squad hasn't been great. No, let's be honest, our squad hasn't been great over the years, and we needed youth. Luckily, we got youth from within. You know, Mar we signed Martinelli. He came in, good young player, um, you know, got an excellent future ahead of him. But it's the Sackers of this world and the Smith Rose of this world, really, who have, have made such a big difference to, to Arsenal. Uh, mm. But what do they need? They need support. Yeah, they, they need do. support. These boys need they need a Bamiang to come to the party. They need Thomas Party to keep to keep producing the goods. He's gonna be hopefully better next year. And <laughs> You know, they need the Gabriel. They need uh, Saliba if he's going to play a part. Who knows what's happening with him because there's rumours that he's going to get a chance. There's rumours that he's not. Who knows what's going to happen? Ben White, we need a right back. <laughs> you know, we're, gonna, we're getting cover for Kieran Tini at left back. Many moving parts. We've, we're probably going to lose four midfielders. Yeah. It's, um... As well, you know. So Locatelli would just be one of probably three or four. Lokonga is, is another one. We probably need another two. Yeah, if you're, if you're looking at it, Kev, yeah, you're thinking that it's probably the best idea to get your main midfield sorted as soon as, because once you get that sorted, you can kind of, you know, just um, everything else will just fall into place by itself. Because no, no good team doesn't have a strong midfield to start with like you don't you don't go from getting backup midfielders to then outlaying what your first choice midfield is it should be the other way around hey, Colin, guys, Colin guys, in a perfect world sorry Mike in no, a perfect good. world Colin you are right but with the Euros going on and the way clubs will try and hold out one for more money or two to try and do a deal mm. in, before they could shift somebody on. 
you know, that might be difficult to get the, first, the your starting lineup sorted out. As long as you can get them at your football club, that's the key. Get them in when you can. Quicker the better, yes. But as yeah. long as you could get them in your building, Colin, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, that would be. So the chat nailed it. Uh, we are in the middle of a pretty big storm here in the uh, D.C. metropolitan area, and, uh, and and our power got cut right in the middle of it. I guess... I guess it was it was obvious because I think I went dark before I went away, and uh, so everything seems to be up for the moment. But if it happens again, uh, you couldn't ask for two more professional podcasters to keep the thing going. I don't think I even need to do this anymore. I'll just set up the streamyard, <laughs> give out the link, and then you know just let it take from there. Let so it roll. Let it th roll. Thank I you, mean, Kev. Appreciate I mean, it. Thanks, Colin. I mean, I mean, Mike. I mean, calling me professional—that's a—that's a bit of a stretch, man. I mean, I was—I was—I was trying to give you the—you know—I I was really talking about Kev, but I didn't want to insult you to your face. So. Who are you kidding? You do it. You're <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move on because there are some people in the chat, um, including some people that Kev has spoke to this very week uh, already, and they just want to take another bite off the apple. Nice one, Colin. Nice but, one, Colin. Nice. Good to see you, mate. Take care. Speak Thanks for keeping it much, going. Yeah. Bye. All right. Next in the red in the red room is Taylor and Taylor uh, Taylor from LA. I believe uh, Kev, you know Taylor. Uh, yes, I do. Yep. Spoke to Taylor a couple of times before. Hi, Taylor. How are you? How you doing, guys? I'm spending my lunch break with two of my favorite Gooners. Lovely. <laughs> See, you you've just done to me what I did to Colin a few seconds ago, <laughs> and I appreciate that. I truly appreciate that. So I know I know kind of the the topics you want to get to, and and uh, and and you mentioned that uh, that it was a little bit about Lakanga and a little bit about it. let's let me just go through one quick thing first because yesterday was a huge day for people named Nuno. Yeah. Um, I mean, first Spurs finally end their three and a half year coaching search uh, by hiring uh, ex Wolves, ex Porto, ex Valencia manager Nuno Espirito Sanchez. Uh, which very disappointingly made made this video that I put together completely obsolete. So we're going to show it one last time, uh, if I can find it here. Yeah, here we go. For what it's worth, I follow. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go, you need to let it go, need to let it go. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go, you need to let it go, need to let it go. I don't know. I don't know if the sound kept cutting off for you guys or if it was just me with my crappy power over here. But uh, that video took me four and a half days to put together, just twenty four seven. And now they went and hired somebody, so I'm very disappointed about that. But but he's not the only Nuno that's involved. We've also got Nuno Tavares, I believe. Uh, Tavares. I, I'm sure I'm botching these pronunciations, but um, Nuno Tavares, who uh, been in and out of the Benfica squad. He is known as the backup player for Arsenal who would be most likely to play 35 games a season. Um, he's 21 until he's 22 because that's how it works. And he's not going to have to get used to uh, wearing a new shirt sponsor. So that's, you know, that's one advantage. He hits the ground running already. 
Uh, Kev, you're regularly involved in covering the Spanish league, and and we all know that Spain is right next door to Portugal. So you're obviously going to be the expert on this guy. What do we know about uh, about Nuno Tavares, and uh, and who's going to last longer between this Nuno and that Nuno? I think this Nuno is going to last longer. Uh, this this young man is uh, he's a he's a little bit raw, Mike. He's a little bit raw, but he has the attributes that could really prove to be significant in the Premier League. He's fit. He's strong. He's quick. He's he's got a big engine that can go up and down the left-hand side. We know he's coming as an understudy and he's not coming in to take Kieran Tierney's spot. But again, you know, we, we discussed before with Colin about the recruitment side. Getting the recruitment right is important. Getting players who you can develop and, 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 and make money on if need be. His value is only going to go up. And to get players like him in could be a, a, a masterstroke because his upside is huge. You know, Kev, uh, that was part of what I wanted to ask you. So, you know, we obviously know how reactionary Arsenal fans can be. And uh, since we, I mean, it seems done and dusted that he's he's coming to Arsenal and uh, Sambi Lakonga is going to be joining him from Anderlecht, both players 21 years old. Uh, raw is one word that is used a lot for the both of them. I don't think it helped uh, what I'm about to say. With I, I watched a video of us playing Benfica and Saka roasted Tavares for one of the, uh, the assists for a goal. Now, we see a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people in the Arsenal verse that are not happy with, with these and think that it's a bit of underwhelming in both cases. I, on the other hand, have been begging and pleading for this team to sign young players who can develop into something. You know, we went with Licksteiner, didn't work. We went with William, didn't work. Now we have two 21-year-olds coming to Arsenal and people are not satisfied with that. Uh, so it seems. Where do you stand on this? I know you just sort of said you think Tavares will grow into a at least a sellable asset. Uh, what about Sambi Lakonga? Yeah, I, no, I think both both players have the, the upside far outweighs any worries about, you know, can they make it? Because they, they both have talent. And let's be honest, we've seen um, Bukayo Saka roast most people yeah. he comes up against. So it's no hardship if Bukayo Saka roasts you, that's for sure. Um, both players, I, I believe, have the right attributes. They kind of fit the mold. They're young. They're, they've got big engines. They've got the, they've got the right attitude to, to come in and develop and, and, and improve. I think that's the key, improve. And let me tell you this about Arsenal fans as well. Arsenal fans moan when we get linked to a veteran left-back Premier League proven. Why are we going down that route? Now we go down the other route of a 21-year-old who will be happy to be an understudy to Kieran Tierney. They're still not happy. So no, we all, we're, we're The only one that would have made people happy is signing Ben Chilwell to back up uh, Kieran Tierney. I mean, that... <laughs> Yeah, but even then That's they would have said, have why are we spending that much money? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so Can, you can't win. Uh, Demsek asked if he can play on the right as well as the left. Uh, or, you know, I'm going to amend the question to, can he play both at the same time? Yeah, I, believe right can. I believe he can <laughs> play right and left. Um, In the same I, game? I well, maybe. We, he might have to, knowing Arsenal's luck. Well, right. Well, we can start him at right and left. And with that extra Not player, we can, we can put in a second goalie. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, man. Mike, well, come hey. on. And my last question, because I do have to run. Um, 
we just spoke about Locatelli a bit earlier. Uh, I think it's sort of smoke and mirrors. I, I think this is driving up his price. I can't see him coming to Arsenal, although I love it. Um, but I've noticed lately the the rumors that have been circulating about adding a creative player to our midfield outside of an additional, uh, you know, like DM type player next to party. It's kind of gone quiet lately. Um, do you do you think that there's something that we don't know about that's happening? Do you think we have eyes on a player sort of similar to last year and we just are waiting to get it over the line? Yeah, I, I think Arsenal... Arsenal saw the difference that Odegaard made in the team. And having someone who could really link that midfield to the attack really made a difference for us at times last season. And he wasn't even our player. He was a, he was a lone player. So for half a season, Odegaard done pretty well. I think Arsenal know what they need. And there are certain players that I believe, you know, Arsenal can't afford not to go and get. And the fact that it's gone quiet... Maybe worries Arsenal fans, but I truly believe Mikel Arteta and Edu and 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 the, the the board, the people who are in the positions of power, know what they need to do. They need to go and get the quality that is needed in that midfield, and that's holding kind of DM, ball playing DM, and the the creative number ten type player. Well, that's that's why I love you, Casey. Always making me feel optimistic. No problem. Yeah. No problem. It, it, it's good for a pickup. That's what that's what Dicky Bow Thursdays are all about. Taylor, I will be seeing you shortly, won't I? We're gonna get wild in Vegas, baby. That's <laughs> we're, we're gonna get wild in Vegas for sure, man. I can't wait. So many people that I I haven't had, you know, I, that I know that I that I'm gonna finally get to spend some time with. So uh, it's gonna be awesome, Taylor. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for joining us. All right, the rain has stopped, so I think the power outages will stop. So I'm going to bring in somebody now who you spoke to just a couple days ago. It was a great conversation, even though none of my comments in chat got brought on on screen because the guy doesn't rate me at all. Um, he's half my age, but he acts twice my age. And 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 so Tom Canton, welcome, uh, welcome to the open mic. We're giving you an opportunity to show your podcasting chops to the world. Let's okay. see what you do with it. <laughs> Watch me mess this up famously. Yes. <laughs> How are boys? Good to see you, Tom. What what could possibly be on your mind that you didn't get off your chest with with KC on the Gooner Talk TV earlier this week? I'll I'm trying to ask KC if if what his favorite ITK moment of the summer so far is. What's your favorite fake rumor that you've heard or seen on the socials? <laughs> Well, I've seen one today. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've seen it. That where we we could side Lionel Messi. That, oh, because wow. he's on well, free. He's free now, isn't he? We, you know free, what? He's a free transfer. Two impactful free transfers that I think we should go after are that Messi guy because we can pair him up with Leo Messo. Um, and then there's a guy. There's this guy that's like German of Turkish descent. He's a free agent. You could get him for nothing right now. You pay him some wages. He won't play that much. But uh, this is the, the guy from Fenerbahce I think we should really look into. Uh, I think, with listen, one of them boats have sailed, and I think one ain't even left the uh, the, the port yet. <laughs> they're, the, they're never getting over the line. You know, Messi, Messi, Messi's one made me chuckle, to be honest, because I, I just think that uh, he's going to end up staying at Barca. You always see a, like a, a tweet from... And I don't know. There's a, there's a reason I'm using this club as an example, but there's, there's always a, a tweet from like a Scunthorpe or something like that. That's that's like we are officially pulling out of the running for Lionel Messi or something like that. I'm I'm getting the bird flipped to me from someone in the uh, in, in the red room right now who's going to be joining us in just a second. But 
uh, you know, some crap. Uh, why would you live in? Is Scunthorpe a nice place, Casey? Or is it's all it's all right, but it's not it's not it's not good enough for Lionel Messi. Come on, let's be honest. After Barcelona, he's not going to go there. Welcome to the pod, Mike Scunny from Scunthorpe. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep Tom on, and we've got uh, we got Mikey and uh, and and Aston left to come on, unless Aston just jumped off. So uh, come on back if you can. But uh, no, in I any case, it's gonna be nice and not swear. But now you're really pushing it from me. <laughs> I mean, you're an Arsenal supporter. You, you know, you know, I, I don't talk about you know <laughs> Potomac Falls, Virginia, all the time as being this great place. I talk about London. So, uh, so I don't uh, talk about it. I don't talk about my hometown being a great place at all. But good evening, champions. How are we all on this Dicky Bone Thursday? Hi, Mike. You're right, mate. Hey, all right, buddy. <laughs> so, so Tom, we we, we didn't. I, I don't know if we actually got to the to to the answer uh, about the ITK thing. You, you've been on an ITK rampage, which is something I can <laughs> I can empathize with. Um, but I, I will say that based on today's growing rumors and some people with little blue check marks uh, are starting to put this together, I, I think we need to start paying attention to this. Uh, June 24th, that is over a week ago, player under age 25, <laughs> not somebody on the radar, intriguing move, only final details, wages agreed, soon all outlets will be reporting a Premier League experienced midfielder. Um, he's out of the Euros now. So what do you make of these rumors that are absolutely true and first reported by the football gerbil about Renato Sanchez? Oh, man. If this if this turns out to be true, I will be so annoyed. <laughs> be so That's how I felt about Thomas so Partey. I'm like, I want that guy on Arsenal so bad, but if but I but I will love it if he doesn't sign just for that very yeah. reason. <laughs> it's one of those where you're like, oh. And the thing is, I've said time after time doing this kind of the ITK rater, which is a complete joke, by the way. I mean, some people take oh, it very seriously. Oh, very, that, very that, seriously. That's why it's so funny. It's, it's, I've had it's... a couple of Arsenal podcasts call me out for saying that I am like throwing their name through the dirt. So <laughs> it's a joke. Let's calm down. Um, but at the end of the day, like I think a broken clock is, is right twice a day. Although when I tweeted that, the Arsenal fans did very quickly come back at me and say, what if it's a digital clock? You can't say anything on Arsenal Twitter without someone <laughs> trying to catch you out. Um, but I mean, you're going to gonna have, them start, have them starting to track your location yeah. like they do for new signings. <laughs> the, the, the thing, thing is, that makes me, oh, sorry, I was about to say, Tom, the thing that makes me laugh like, about it is look at the transfers we have been linked to over the years and look how stupid they have been. Like, can you remember the David Trezeguet's? We was going to get him at one point. Uh, <laughs> Benzema time. has been coming to Arsenal for the last 15 years, Lamar Higuain, for 92 Higuain. million. Yeah. Higuain as well. You Higuain, and he ended I up think Higuain was, Higuain was probably legit. I just think that... He was coming, that, he was coming to London, and he ended up going to Chelsea. That was the best one Mike, Mike, he was never, and I repeat, <laughs> never coming to Arsenal. You no, don't no. think that was maybe even leaked by Arsenal in the wake? Because that was right in the wake of the Luis Suarez 40 million and one pound bid. So, I, I mean, you know that a lot of these rumors start with the club. You know that, right? Mike, Mike if we... So, if we could have got Luis Suarez, why the hell would we want to be messing with Higuain? Because, our, we, because... We're, we're so stupid to bid <laughs> 40 million plus a pound. I mean, come on. There's, there's someone. There's a couple of people mentioned in the chat there. It's like Julian Draxler is one. He's been linked for the last 20 years. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know I'm how old really... he is, but he's been there for that long. 
you got to give a shout out to Mems for his Karim Benzema summer. That was that was the one when <laughs> he went oof all the way to what was it uh, Miami <laughs> to, to confirm the deal. <laughs> Do you remember that summer? Yeah, um, Mems is a pretty good troller of ID, ITKs. They had one this. Oh, he, I think he recently trolled people with a comment from Kieran Tierney about how he how he didn't care about what the wages were in his contract. He just wanted to sign and and everybody ran with that as a legitimate comment, but. But it wasn't. It wasn't a cure. I mean, it was it was the type of thing that you could imagine him saying, but it wasn't a real comment. And he that one that one ran with legs. So it is. It's my favorite time of the year and my least favorite time of the year, all wrapped up in one. Mm. Um, but uh, good enough reason not to overreact to every single thing that you hear, or to just look for news, whether it's true or not, just to satisfy your need for news. But Scunny, what uh, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I, I did put a question in the comments before I come and join Don, but oh, uh, the one that's got me so far to stay out of the transfers and everything else, it, um, I just like the VAR during the Euros has been so smooth. Mm. The refereeing's been fantastic. What do you guys think to it? Does it put the Prem to shame for the last last year's atrocities? Let me, let, let me you go know on that was Mike. Let me go on this one, Scunny. You are one hundred percent right. The Premier League, in all of their wisdom, Scunny, decided to do it totally different to how they do it in Europe. Now, why the Premier League feel that they are above everybody else, I have no idea. I covered La Liga last season, and you see it's, it's the same throughout Europe. There's an incident, the referee gets it in the air, and he goes and checks, and he gets the... Whether, whether you agree with the decision or not, he goes over and he makes a decision and sticks to it, which is all we've wanted to happen from day one. Because still, it's still you still can question some of the things that happen, but it, it, it doesn't take as long. It's not as drawn out and it's not as the, 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 the people behind the VAR was starting to get blame in the end when it's VAR altogether. So whether it's whether it's the actual lines, whether it's the actual people uh, be, who make the decisions, the whole VAR thing is different to how they do it in Europe. And Europe have proved that they got it right. And hopefully the Premier League are, are joining up the way Europe do it and are going to do that for next season because it's... It, it, it makes such a difference. I'll tell you what, the one thing the MLS does right is is VAR. I mean, they they as soon as there's a, a questionable call, the, the, the referee runs over to the sideline. There's none of this standing around, waiting around, pointing to your ear because you want people to understand that you're not just having a you know a, you're not just having a moment. You're you're actually listening to something. And uh, you know, while the time to run over to the side and look at it is is part of that it's not that on top of everything else. And it's, you know, so it, it, it seems to work. Uh, I haven't really been to uh, too many games or watched too many games to see it, but I never hear a complaint. And in Germany, you never it's, hear a complaint. It's just because I, I don't really watch much from Germany and Italy. And I haven't really been really following it this season, uh, last few seasons, but you know, after watching games in the Euros, it's, it's so smooth and you can tell, you can tell there's a completely different feeling behind it, and the crowd are getting behind it. You can you score a goal, you can actually feel the cheers, you can feel the stadiums going. And you know, watching England v Germany, you could see sixty thousand people were loving it, and that's what you want. 
You don't want four minutes to check for an offside if it's pinky. Oh, true. Tom, he's just, you know, he's just slightly off there, so he can't. Tom, score what's the what, what's the downside to 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 feeding the video that the referee's watching in the sideline monitor onto the big screen so the crowd can at least participate? I mean, I know that they're going to have a say, yeah. but you know, referees have to deal with that all the time. So, what it's, what would be the problem tough, with that? It? Because I think that what if you say if it's like for a red card and there's a bad challenge um, and it goes up onto the screen, referees have gone on record and said many times that the crowd atmosphere can affect their decision-making. Refs that have retired have gone on into the media and on record saying that the atmosphere in the ground can affect the way that they make decisions. So if a bad tackle or a tackle of any kind is put up on the screen and it's say you're a ground where the home team's player has been taken out, that reaction by seeing it on the screen could technically influence maybe the referee. So there is that. But that happens throughout the but that happens throughout the game anyway. And the referee, I mean, the of referee course, is not going to call a penalty. One instant moment. Referee's what not going to call a handball just because. I'm not saying it shouldn't. I'm just saying I'm just suggesting an idea as to why maybe they choose not to. Because if the crowd's influencing psychologically the decision of the referee, then then that may be why they choose not to do it. I would be absolutely fine for certain instances to see that go up on the screen, at least so that the fans know what's going on. I mean, I was at Wembley for the Italy Austria game in the last 16, and of course Arnautovic's goal was ruled out for offside and. It was basically 90% Italy fans, everyone around me, besides myself, wearing a Red Bull Salzburg shirt. Um, but the yeah, same I, saw time, your, I saw your picture, and I was, I was yeah, going to put it up here as the, it's, it's, the last time so we ever saw Tom Canton alive. But, but the, uh, when, when that goal went in from Arnautovic, the, all of the, the few Austria fans that were there obviously went like celebrating everything, and then there was this pause. And genuinely, no one in the ground knew what was going on. I was obviously on WhatsApp to people watching the game, and they were telling me, that he's, he's a marginally offside, but no one in the ground had a clue what was going on until it was eventually ruled out. So I feel like those moments are what they need to iron out a little bit more, just so the crowd in the ground are more. I mean, do you remember the the Crystal Palace game back in 2019 when Socrates scored uh, yeah. a two-two equaliser? I think it was. Myself and a friend were at that game, and I remember the whole crowd went absolutely mental when Socrates scored, and then we were sitting there waiting. No idea why it was off, and then it turned out it wasn't the, even a foul. The foul, the builder, was it? The foul on Chambers. That, yeah, foul on Chambers. Yeah, play. I was there yeah, that, as well. That, that we were in us. the pit. We were in the. Um, uh, we we were in the pub. You remember before the game, Tom? Yes, we were. Yeah, we were with uh, with judges and, and yeah. That. So that was, was that just... was that would have been a three two win that goal, and and That's that was right. the one where I think we scored twice. Like yeah. Socrates and, and Luis scored in the first ten as well. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we could talk about him, but we've only got five minutes left. And as such, I'm going to bring in our final uh, open micer. I'm going to keep everyone else in here, so we're going to have a. a, a, a I almost said five some, but um, <laughs> Matt, when when I like, if you started watching this pod in you know in 2016, you saw me with a full head of hair. Then you started to see me with the comb over, as Owl used to call it. Then I just decided to take it all off. Nobody complained. I'm complaining because what's happened here is devastating to me. <laughs> Aston, uh, you know, you're entitled. You, you control your own body, but you know why? Why <laughs> did you get rid of it? Well, I, I figured I needed to clean up for the show. You know what I mean? It was getting a little wild. <laughs> what about the other 24 times that you've, uh, you know, come on. Man. All right, look, um, enough about your hair. Uh, it's mm -hmm. good to see you. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you again down in Orlando in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, when, we got when some the great things planned. Some good stuff planned. Gooners versus Cancer is going to have a, a 
a uh, a presence we will be finding out in a week or two whether gooners uh, the gooners podcast will be official credentialed media or just a fan uh acting the fool uh so aston <laughs> We got about five minutes left with Kev, uh, and then he's going to have a, a, a lozenge before his 9 p.m. Uh, podcast on the Highbury Squad, which is Kevin know. says. So make sure to go over there and watch that at 9 p.m. But uh, ask him what's on your mind. Man, I don't know how you do it, Kev. First thing I want to say is, can we talk about the drip on both you and Kev with the dicky bows? Brilliant. <laughs> I have I have a question. Yeah, I, th- I think Daniel Robert was asking Tom to do a tactical breakdown on my bow tie. Um, but what I want to, what I actually want to talk about what well, I'll, I'll do the, what I think nobody's actually talking enough about is we, we, we get obsessed with these transfers of players, right? And everybody loves players because they're the ones that you see on the pitch. They're the ones you see on the field. No one's actually bringing up the fact that Mikel Arteta came in with an incredibly limited staff. And one of the things I was actually looking for over the summer is how are we going to improve our backroom staff? How are we going to change around some of these coaches? You're seeing some of the changes happening in the academy. Um, do we know um, if is there any more plans to bring any more um, coaches into the side? Maybe more experienced coaches. Maybe change things up in the backroom a little bit. Not at the moment. Not that I know of. I think um, Mikel Arteta has his. He's the people mm-hmm. that he wants around him. And it very rarely happens that you change them anytime soon. The, the, the key to it is they believe in what they do. Our, our issue has been we haven't, had the, we haven't had the right players. We haven't had the right players in order to dive that plan that they have. Now they have the opportunity through Edu, through uh, Garlic and all these guys to go out and get the players that's going to make a difference in our team. Because let's be honest, at the Emirates last season, we were we were woeful. And we say we talk about the Emirates being uh, quiet, etc. But the home fans do make a difference. They do. You know, the Emirates is usually a lot tougher to go and get a result. Burnley were beating us at home. Villa were coming there beating us at home. So I don't I, I'm not going to put that down to backroom staff, although I'm sure there will be changes because of people going, like a Steve Bold, etc., in development. Mm. Buying, a, buying a lot more younger players, 21 years old, players who are probably going to have to develop at some stage, and they're upgrading that uh, part of the backroom staff for a reason. Mm. And and I think the, uh, I think the other thing that I think is on everyone's mind is when the heck are we getting rid of William? It's not happening now. Well, I don't think physically possible. Well, I don't think, uh, I think he's uh, moved to Inter Miami's broken down um, because of wages or whatever. And, And this is, look, this is the difficult part of football where it hasn't worked out for him, but there's still, it's a business and you've got to treat it like a business. And, Clubs then, when you know the player wants to leave, then the club that who was who, who who suits him, then wants to play hardball with with Arsenal. Don't forget, we've had to pay a lot of players to leave. You know, do Arsenal go and start doing the same thing with Willian? I I don't think they do. And then you know, it's a rock and a hard place for Arsenal at times. But uh, like I've said before, the recruitment part of Arsenal has been poor. 
So this is just another remnant of the, 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 the past kind of coming back to haunt us. So Sassuolo would be a nice destination for William, I think. Uh, you know, Sassuolo for Locatelli or uh, William. For I, I heard there was a swap with Messi. Straight swap. I don't know if that's still true. It's true. Exactly. Um, well, you can't swap uh, with a team that doesn't own the player anymore. Um, yeah. Daniel and Robert. You can if you really fit force it upon him. <laughs> Daniel Robert, uh, uh, in the chat of of many a podcast, I know you're you're accustomed to seeing his name, Tom. Uh, he says a lot of funny stuff. He says a lot of absolute bollocks. He might have asked the best question I've ever seen in a in a in a question before. So, Casey, there there's a there's a job opening that recently went on, uh, you know, the the internet, and I actually think it would be perfect for you. We'd miss you on the podcast, but have can you please sign up for the U twenty three manager role? I know I know that would kind of be like. You know, I don't know if you and Steve Bold have the thing where like you wouldn't date the ex-girlfriend of the person that you're mates with or something, but I wouldn't. Who who would be better at the U23 manager? A man who's been in that role, who's excelled in that role, who grew out of that role, who's incredible with young footballers. I mean, is there a better person suited for that than you? Yeah, there is. That, that, <laughs> I, 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 tell, I tell you, I'm being very serious. Is it, is it Scunny? I'm being very serious here. The problem with the under-23s role now is very rarely do the first-team players actually play in the under-23s because the under-23s now usually is, is made up of youth team players, young youth team players, and players who aren't quite good enough to make it into the first-team squad. So you're on a hide into nothing. And the teams that they play against, they play against teams who don't have first-team players in it. So it's more all a much of a muchness. Hmm. The key to getting and developing players through those under-23s is they have to be more competitive. They have to be playing and training with first-team players. But it's just something in football now where your big stars don't even play reserve games. Would that have been a great opportunity had, had had Arsenal qualified for the Conference League? Would that have been something where, you know, if you had a say in it, you would have said, take the U23s and give them some experience that's different from the, you know, PL2? Uh, something different. But if I'm honest with you, I just think the Conference League is a sham. If I'm honest with you, I'm much happier not being in Europe now and we get a chance to rebuild and, and, and bed some players in because... We're going to have to sign quite a few players and we're going to need to be able to train them and work work the team, work the squad, work the system through the week in order to get it right for a weekend. Well, you know, if you ever reconsider, I will uh, I will come over and go to every... I'll be at Meadow Park every uh, every Friday night or whatever it is and and, uh, and be ready for those games. So we're going to, we're going to wrap things up. A couple of quick announcements. As I said before, Highbury Squad starts in less than an hour. Uh to go to Highbury or go to uh, Highbury Squad on YouTube, Kevin and Soph, Soph who is young, spry Soph, not as Tom called her, good old Soph. That oh. was bang out of order. <laughs> I forgot to upload the clip of you saying that. Um, you'd probably nick me for a for a copyright violation. Copyright, yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah. I mean that that was just that was just rude. Uh, I love Soph and, and I love Kevin Says, which is what today's show is. So, you know, you'll 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 calm your vocal cords for about 45 minutes and then you'll be on fire again. I'll be in the chat. You've got plenty of bottle of wine behind him, aren't you there, Kev? 
<laughs> That's all bomb problem. They're all empty, Scully. If Kev ever had me over to his studio, th- those bottles wouldn't even be on the wall anymore because I'd have like checked each one out and um but uh, them. Yeah, squeeze them. Squeeze exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or I would have just spilled the entire thing on Tom's shirt. Oh, which geez. is which is the yeah. other thing I've known for doing <laughs> cool. in, fr- in front of Kev. Um, oh. So yeah, all the Goonies, uh, take off your Goonie hat and become Squatties for the hour and uh, and roll over there. Also, Las Vegas. We had Taylor over uh, Taylor on earlier, who's going to be in Las Vegas with uh, the Football Fest 2021. Sophie's going to be there. Tons of people are going to be there. Aston, Elliot, you going Aston? Yeah. You nice going to fun. Vegas? Yeah, I'm going to Vegas. Damn, I don't know if I knew that. All right, so I'll see you in Orlando and Vegas. Scunny, are you going to Vegas or are you hanging out in Scunthorpe? Yeah, fuck it. I'll go. To, I'll go. You know, you, you know, I wasn't it's inviting Vegas, you. I was I'm just asking if you're going. You know, you know, you can't spell Scunthorpe without a, a specific thing. But anyway, yeah, um, go, so yeah, yep. so Vegas My, football. Yeah. I was going to say, I lived in Vegas for like three years. Of course I'm going back. If, you, I, if my Gunner family is going to be there, I'm going to be there. I learned something new about you every single day, man. <laughs> Football Fest 2021. That's F-U-T-B-O-L Fest 2021. So that the, the wild yanks over here don't think it has something to do with, uh, with uh, what did they call that? Handball? What, 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 what do you call it when you, when you don't want it to be called football? Pig, I don't know. American uh, football. Uh, yeah, I hate calling it that too. But anyway, <laughs> so it's Football Fest 2021. Uh, I may be about to lose my power again. And if I do, it's been great. But um, but yeah, there's a Pacquiao fight that Saturday. There's WWE SummerSlam on Saturday. So hotel room costs at the win. The room block's gone. It's pretty expensive. But there's a lot of other places that you can stay. And it's just going to be a great time. Arsenal Vision Podcast will be there. Pretty much everyone from that podcast will be there. I'll be there. Sophie will be there. We'll be doing live pods. Stats Bomb will have a discussion about identifying players in the transfer market and why Arsenal can't do it. Uh, I added that last part. Uh, but uh, And, of course, we're going to be watching Arsenal and Chelsea at 8.30 in the morning, Las Vegas time, which is like you should have lunch by then already. It's so late in the morning, and it'll be a great, great time. So go to footballfest2021.com. Arsenal will be in Orlando in three weeks. Aston and I will be gallivanting around in the 150-degree heat. <laughs> And it's been great having you guys on. Thanks to Vivek. Thanks to Colin. Thanks to Taylor. Tom, uh, anything you want to plug? Do you do any kind of media situation uh, or, or just come on to the shows party? for a while now? So uh... <laughs> no, you can check us out. Again. And by a while, he means two and a half hours. Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day. So, yeah, Gooner, the Gooner Talk TV, um, you are coming into your own as one of Arsenal's, if not the uh, top content provider. And I mean that genuinely. I normally take the piss out of you, but you're, you're not killing always. it. Not normally, just consistently every single day. Yeah. But, that, but then once every three or four weeks, I'll actually tell you, you know what, all kidding aside, you're actually killing it. And you are. Scunny, uh, what, you, you're on a podcast as well. Uh, uh, I haven't been love. for a long time, but... Uh, I no, I meant right now you're on a podcast. Oh, I'm on a podcast right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I just mention as well, but just before you're ta- taking the mick out of Scunthorpe, there is quite some famous people from Scunthorpe. Ian Bothman, he actually played cricket for England and yeah, he played footy for Scunthorpe. I've actually heard of him, yeah. Yeah, Graham Taylor, the uh, the old uh, uh, ex-England manager, he was from Scunthorpe. I think Kevin Keegan played for Scunthorpe at once in he his did. life as well. He did, yeah. So, yeah, you can uh, – I'll give you the finger, but I can't. I'm, I'm being nice. 
Yeah, you did that. You did that privately did that before earlier. you were on camera. So, uh, so yeah, here, here's the link for footballfest2021.com, by the way, if you want to if you want to get involved. Uh, thanks for coming on, Scunny. And, and Aston, um, 98% of, of the Aston I saw last, but uh, but he's 105%. Looking sharp, Aston. Looking sharp. Looking, looking sharp. Look, I, I make fun of people that I'm jealous of. And, and, and so, Tom. You're just mad I still have my full head of hair. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you shaved all your hair off, and you still have eighty times as much as I do. So, uh, in any case, good to see you again, buddy. Looking forward to uh, to seeing you in a few weeks. Anything else you want to anything you want to plug? No, just hope to see everybody in Orlando. We have a lot of great things planned. I know you were talking about Gooners versus Cancer, which will be great. Um, there, there looks like we're going to do a pub crawl on the day before the event, so it'll be a great time for everyone. Sweet. It absolutely will. So, uh, so beautiful. Thank you, Kev, for, uh, for joining and, and making this the, the, the podcast that it was today. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you in another 45 minutes or so. Absolute pleasure. Thanks guys. Cheers. All right. So with, with that, we will play our fast forward season six intro video because there's so much to look at there. You're going to have to watch it very, very carefully, but thank you all and come on you gooners. <laughs>